0: It's so nice to be back, hey? It's so fantastic to see all your faces and really have a special thing going here, don't you think? Hey? You guys are special and I love you and I'm sure you love each other and maybe some of you love me, but nevertheless, I love you. Really appreciate God for this privilege. Um, So my blessing for each and every one of you for 2023 is his guidance, his provision. His a uh, deep, intimate love exposed to you greater than ever before, and that his care be tangible for you this year, in Jesus' name. Who receives that? Amen. So I thought this year I've been praying about what I should share, and I thought the topic of this morning should be tackling the year with faith. Who has experienced a bit of weakening in their faith? The last few weeks, months, yeah, some of us. So I, I just got so challenged that I, I need to challenge myself and you to umiriyar antepak to tackle this year with faith for the Lawrence's that can't speak English with Afrikaans surname umiriyar <laughs> antepak. I've met with both of them recently, so they they don't mind. Yeah, to really tackle this year with faith. So. I've had a few, well, we've had a few amazing things happen to us the last few weeks where God is like instantly answered praise. That is like, I can't remember when last it's been so intense. And I want to say, guys, I want that to happen. If it's not happening to you, for it to explode in your life. One story is a friend of mine that has a large business overseas places healthcare workers in the UK. So he sources them in India, and he places them in the UK. And they've transferred many healthcare workers. And they already raised up another 400 healthcare workers to go to various institutions in the UK. But the money from the government had not been released to transport them and to settle them in. And the guy, the contact guy, keeps saying, it's coming, it's coming. But hadn't been coming for weeks. Those guys had given up their jobs, the Indian folk, They'd given up their, um, they sold their houses, their cars. They were waiting in anticipation, and they're not being transferred to their new jobs. And uh, we chatted, and he said, Mac, it's crisis. We need to pray, please. You know, I, I don't know what to do. These poor people are desperate, waiting to be transferred. And he was on a video call, and we, by faith, put out our hands as if we can shake each other's like touch in agreement. And we said, Lord, please. And while we're praying, an empathy hit us, and we both started crying, saying, Lord, these poor people, that afternoon, he phones me. He said, the money's come through. They're going to be transferred. I haven't had that happen for a long time. I want to challenge you. Put your faith out this year. Tackle this year with faith. Another situation, the very next day, a friend phones me. He says to me, Mac, please pray for me and my wife. We have to make a major decision that's going to influence our lives massively. I said, okay. But he doesn't tell me what it is. So I'm praying and I see him and his wife walking down this pathway and they're walking down this muddy road and the mud, like chunks of mud, stick to their trousers and their shoes and the soles of their shoes and it's hard going through this mud. The next minute I see them walking on this tar road but before they go into the tar road, I see a fireman hosing them down. And I think, okay, and I sense the fireman is the Lord. And they walk on this tar road, and the next minute they're in this beautiful two, like a, like a, a truck spoor, a bucky spoor, in, the, in a green field, like the Irish Plains or Scotland or somewhere here in the Cape where it's very green. And it's like peaceful and serene and, and fantastic. And I'm thinking, what has this got to do with the decision? And I'm totally Confused so I send the message to him. I send him the voice note about this picture I saw and as I finish the picture a verse drops in my heart psalm 82 verse 3 And psalm 82 verse 3 says do not mistreat The poor folk do not ill treat the people that are desperate that are struggling the orphans Love on them provide for them help them make a way for them um the destitute God says, look after the destitute, reach out to them, don't mistreat them. And I think that picture and this verse, now I'm totally confused. So I send it to him and I say, I don't know, this doesn't make sense to me at all. Maybe you can, right away, he messages me back. He says, guess what? I said, what? He said, the decision we have to make is whether we're going to take in a lady that has got no home or struggling in her present home. She's destitute. She's literally an orphan. Isn't that amazing? And then I find out some more information later on I phone him, and he says, it is actually, my wife was a druggie, and one of her drug friends, when she was a druggie 20 years ago, has had four different kids with four different men. This is her oldest daughter, and she asked my wife then to be a godmother. But this girl has been, without schooling the whole year, been feeding, cleaning, doing, being a slave in a mother's home, feeling very unwelcome, unloved, unfed, I mean, unlooked after, and while her parents and the new husband are alcoholics. And she found desperate, said to my wife, can I please come stay with you? I can't anymore. Isn't that amazing? God wants to release these kind of things into your life and through your life into other people's lives this year. But are we willing to put our faith out there? Are we willing to say, God, we are, we wanting to step out of the boat. We want to put our faith, we want to trust you for the impossible. Another situation, someone we know cl- uh, close to us uh, lost his wallet in Hypergiant. Now Hypergiant is about twice the size of Macro, am I right? In Durbanville, or Giant Hyper. It's massive. He lost his wallet, ID, cards, everything. Chatted, we said, let's pray together. And while we're praying, we sensed, a good Samaritan's gonna return that wallet. And the uh, certain person lost all hope. He just had no more hope. He didn't think it's gonna work out. And I asked him, Have you found Hypergiant? No, I haven't. I will. Three days later, I said, Have you found them? Because he really, he just, he just, it was like depleted of hope. And he came back laughing on the phone, said, They found somebody gave in my wallet what's the chance of that what in that on that floor in that massive place good Samaritan God did his thing another situation these things just kept happening it's amazing I'm thinking God I want them to happen to all of us But we have to put our faith we have to stretch our faith step out in faith believe God for the impossible couple that are in ministry are struggling financially and they don't know how they're going to make ends meet they might have to sell their house and a long time ago, a friend of this, this gentleman said to me, if ever you're in need, let me know. I want to help you. And he emailed this guy. And the guy never responded for a long time. And we prayed. We sat together. We encouraged them, We prayed with them. And as we said amen, he got an email. <laughs> the guy said, I want to help you. Isn't that amazing? It's phenomenal. Last one. Hopefully it won't be the last one. But for this sermon, it's the last one. A person, somebody very close to me, that we've been praying and trusting God for spiritual breakthrough in this person's life. And really been offish and, and resisting. Chatted with him and this person said, he's really struggling. And the first time, probably in six years, he said, will you please pray for me now? I'm desperate. That was a phenomenal breakthrough. After praying so, so many years. All right, let's look at some scripture. Romans 1 verses 12. And it's in the New Living Translation. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. But I also want to be encouraged by yours. So have, have you kind of been encouraged in your faith with these five testimonies? But God wants you to use you to encourage me and encourage one another. Verse 17, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Through the good news of Christ, we are made righteous, holy, in right standing before God. Even though we sin, God makes us holy. It's a free gift. It's nearly too good to be true. While we are sitting here, do you believe? Do you believe that while you are sitting here and you have faith in Christ, your faith has given you righteousness? Can you believe that? You've just thought the wrong thought. Does that one thought send you to hell or not? No, God's washed you. He's forgiven you. We'll look at some more scriptures shortly. that just reflect that. That's such a beautiful. So the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by. This is accomplished from start to finish by. Do you see how crucial your faith is? We were were praying together this, this afternoon. And Talana said, she just sees a person in exercise. It's about exercising our faith. Have you wondered why your faith wanes? We're not practicing. We're not stepping out in faith. We're not trusting God for the impossible. How many of you are facing a few impossible situations this year outside of ESCOM? (laughs) All of us nearly step out in faith trust God this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight this is accomplished from start to finish by faith as scripture says it is through faith that a righteous person has life let's read the amplified it says it even more beautifully verse 12 it says in verse in the amplified that is that we may be mutually encouraged and comforted by each other's faith both yours and mine for in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed for each one of us, given to us as a gift. Both springing from faith. So The righteousness of God, righteousness God given to you, springs from faith in God that you have and leading to faith. So the fact that you have faith that God has saved you and given you holiness, given you righteousness, leads you to have more faith. The next part's even more powerful. Disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. Hey? So it's like God, the more you step out in faith, the more your faith will grow. The more you'll hear God's voice, the more you'll respond to the unction, to God's touch, to God's spoken word. The more the spirit of God will be able to use you as you awaken that faith, as he discloses in a way that awakens more faith. So God wants to give you more faith. He just wants you to step out in faith. God directs our still standing in Proverbs. God directs our footsteps. Proverbs doesn't say God directs your still standing. He directs your. So you need to take that step off. Say it loud, please. Faith. Take that step of faith. All right. Um, And then. As it, as it is written, the last piece of verse 17, and forever remains written, forever, the just and upright shall live by, by faith. As you know, as you can see, I really want to encourage you. So is your general conversation filled with faith? That's my question to you. First point, just unpacking verse 12. Or is your general con- conversation about sports? about food Ooh, I love talking about food that's why I'm so slender I don't like food at all you can see that food or I mean oh who's foodies is that what's what's the word when you like foodies yeah Is your general com- thank you for owning that thank you it's fun what's your general conversation about is it encouraging faith because your mutual faith will encourage one another Remember, more faith, the more comfort we we give one another. We encourage one another, and we give each other comfort. Now, do you know that we could fall into a trap of a put-on faith? Who stepped into a put-on faith scenario, a show of faith? I fall into that. I just want to look good with my spiritual Joneses. You know, keeping up with the Joneses, have you heard that statement? We have it in church. Let's keep up with my spiritual brother and sister, the Joneses. put on faith. A put on faith will damage the real faith because it's not based in sincerity and reality. Be sincere and honest in your faith with Christ, before Christ. Another powerful thing is, if you lack faith, you know, Scripture says you can ask Him for faith. We look at those verses now. If you lack faith, ask me, and the Lord will give you faith. We look at verse 17 that we've just read. The Lord has set me free from the condemnation of sin by the fact that I am made righteous by faith. I was. I grew up in a Catholic church and we were taught if you don't repent for every sin and you've just thought a wrong thought and you cross the street and somebody rides over you and kills you, you go to hell. So your forgiveness depended on your repentance and what you did, your works, not on what Christ did on the cross. That was one of the biggest setting free moments in my life when I read Romans 3 and 4, where he says, God gives the wicked righteousness by faith. Free standing before, happy standing, right standing before the Lord. So our lives should reflect the truth of being made righteous through faith. Often we live a defeated life. We live a life, but oh, I'm condemned. Oh, I'm walking in guilt. Oh, that thing that I did. Yes, I'm still feeling bad about that. Your life should reflect that God has given you right standing by faith and faith alone. There's nothing you can do extra except step into it and start a pleasing God because of the amazing gift that he's given you. Because he's done this amazing thing. I want to show him I love him. Amen. I don't want to use it as a license to sin. How can I? Because if you want to use your righteousness in Christ as a license to sin, I question your salvation. Are you truly saved? If you're truly saved, you have such an appreciation that God has made you holy even though you know you don't deserve it. You deserve hell. You're so overwhelmed with appreciation. You just want to please him. And you, yes, you do fall and you stand and you fall and you stand and you fall. As long as you stand every time after you've fallen. Because God's right there. You've forgiven my child. I love you. You are made right by my love and my forgiveness. Nothing that you can do can save you. Only it's my work only. So. We need to live lives that practice faith. When we practice our faith. We have to do it in, in the confidence that God has given us righteousness. Now. I can't strengthen my faith when I'm here and God's there. I need to draw closer in relationship to Christ to strengthen my faith and to encourage and spur other folks on in their faith. On a daily basis, we should involve God in everything. Talk to him about every challenge, every situation, every fear, every concern. And you know what? Often I've prayed Many times and I get no response to my prayer. Who's had that? No response and no show. It seems like God hasn't answered my prayer. Where are you, Lord, in this situation? And a hundred times I've prayed about the same thing, and it seems, in my from my perspective, the Lord hasn't answered. But you know what happens? If I refuse to give up trusting in God, the hundred and one time he comes through like just just happened the last five, six weeks. I just refuse to keep, to give up. I refuse not to trust God. And if, I, if he doesn't give me an, a yes, or he doesn't respond to my prayer, I keep praying. For two years, I prayed to meet my wife. I had two uh, broken relations before that, and then I said, Lord, I'm not looking at another girl unless you show me she's my wife. And for two years, I'm not, this mustn't be your recipe. This is what God re- led me, okay? Just sharing my testimony. And I'd meet a girl, and I'd say, Lord, is it cheese? Is it she? Like shotgun praise. No, nothing. All right, hello, bye. I'm not interested in you. <laughs> I'm just trusting God for my wife. I have enough girlfriends. I don't want to be alone anymore. And the day I shook her hand, actually, my friend in, Said to me, guess what? Your wife's arrived. And I never even told him I wanted a wife. Him and his wife be married for you, and they suddenly had an urge to pray for me for my wife. And I grew up in a culture where everything's hush. We're not transparent. The, the way I grew up in missionary world, in pastoring the culture, spiritual culture that your parents come from is not transparent. Have you noticed that? Have you seen a big difference between our church and many others? We're not saying we're better. But here we're transparent, we share, we bear each other's burdens. So I'd never told him and he just said to me, guess what, come I introduce you to your wife. I thought, what? I said, like like putting on a show, I I can't show, I'm actually very excited, but how does he know about this? He didn't know I'd been praying two years for her. Went, shook her hand, and Lord literally said to me, there's your wife. Dropped him out, there's your wife. And confirmed it right away, amazingly. God responds to our faith. So the 101th time a beautiful miracle comes your way. God expects tenacity in our faith. What does that mean? They just will not give up. Tenacious. Stickability. Gumption. Who knows the meaning of the word? I think it's American, is it? It's not South African English. Hey, American folk, is gumption an American word? Not even an American word. Maybe it's my own. Have you heard the word gumption? It's not my own word, eh? Hey? Okay. God wants gumption faith. The story of the widow. Point in case. Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. It's not on the, on the scripture page. Persistent widow. She kept knocking. To say to to the judge, you need to give me justice. And God says, likewise, keep on keeping praying. Keep on trusting. Do not give up. Matthew 24, 13 says, persevere to the end. Those who persevere to the end will be saved. Who do not give up. Choose never to give up. And I say this very respectfully. I see this picture. When you have faith in God, it's like, have have you heard of a bull terrier dog? You should be like that bull terrier dog. You know that their jaws lock when they bite? Did you know that? If it bites you, it can't release. It's jaw locks. Lock your jaw in God that you have faith for whatever you're believing in. Do not give up. Let's look at Shadrach, Meshach. I need to finish up. I'm going too slow. (laughs) I'm ready. I just have five minutes left. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at their response when the king threw them into the fire when he was about to throw them in. It's beautiful. Verses 16 to 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Full stop. Is there doubt in that statement? Hello? The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us. Is there doubt in that? He will deliver us. From your majesty's hand. But verse 18. Do you think there's doubt in 18? But even if he does not. We want you to know your majesty. That we will not serve your gods. Or worship the image of gold you have set up. No doubt Yet, God's will be done. He might choose not to save us, and we don't understand why, but we trust him in and through it no matter what. But we believe he will save us. Do You see, that is the way we should approach faith in that posture, with that heart's posture, to approach God. I trust you implicitly, but it's your choice whether you're going to let this happen or not. You are sovereign. I can't control you. You are not there at my beck and call. I am there at your beck and call. But you expect me to grow my faith. You expect me to exercise my faith. Because faith builds faith. Faith entrenches my relationship with you. It builds my relationship with you. It deepens my intimacy with you. Therefore, I will pursue a lifestyle of faith. If we do not pursue faith... The opposite also happens. Our faith starts to weaken. We start smothering it, and we start losing hope in Christ when we don't step out and trust God for the impossible in our lives, in other people's lives. We just give up. I've prayed for many wallets before, and they've not been returned. But I never gave up. Is an ugly Afrikaans word that I may not use now, but it so expresses it well. I'm just choosing to say, God, I will not let go of you. And I want to challenge you to say, God, whatever I have to do, I'm going to hold on to you for dear life with all of my might, all of my faith that, you, that I can conjure up by your spirit, allow your spirit. You know that the enemy wants to rob you of your faith. He walks around like a roaring lion. 1 Peter 5.8. To steal. If Satan has robbed you of your faith, you have lost everything. Because you come to a place where you doubt that Jesus saves. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And when you start doubting that he's the way, the truth, life, you are treetering on a very dangerous cliff. And I can bet you and I may not promise, but I'll lay my head on a block. The reason you've come to that place is because you have not exercised your, you've not lived the life of faith. Stepping out, trusting for the impossible. Satan, and you know, when, when you start teaching on that age, suddenly there's an influx of false doctrines that impact you. Suddenly there's an influx of false teachings of people that are totally wayward, that you start following their teachings. Yeah. Without faith, we doubt that God forgives us constantly and has already purified us while we are still being purified. Listen to that. Without faith, we doubt that God forgives us constantly and has already purified us while we are still being purified. It's confusing, eh? Let's read it in Scripture. Hebrews 10 verse 14 For by a single offering, is it up there? By a single offering, he has perfected for all time. Has he perfected you only for two years? He's perfected you for? Read it with me, Simone. He's perfected us for? All right. Those who are being sanctified. God's given you righteousness. He's given you holiness. You are free in Christ. Now, walk in that righteousness. Walk in to become more like him. Walk in that purity. Walk because of massive appreciation for what he's done for you. Who says amen? Yes, not amen and amen and hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? Okay, we're coming to the end. Romans 17, 5 to 10. Remember we said we can ask God to give us more faith, eh? We said that, now no. Let's look at the verse. Verse five, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. There it is. Increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Right there. If you had faith like a mustard seed, you'll tell a mulberry tree, be uprooted and it will obey you. God says, what is he saying there? Practice your faith, exercise your faith, and it will grow. But look at, look at the, the rest of the piece. Right after that, he says, will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him, when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at my table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, dress me properly, serve me while I eat and drink, and afterwards we will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what, what was commanded? So you also when you have done all that you were commanded say we are unworthy servants We have only done what was our duty So when you command a mulberry tree to move and it moves Do you think there might be a bit of pride that could creep in? Oh, wow Look what God has used me. Look what I've done So now we say so amongst one of us amongst us had to raise somebody from the dead occasionally how would you look at that person here on out? Would you afford yourself some rights? Come on, let's be honest, you would. And right after God says, If you move a mulberry with a mustard seed of it, if, God, if I use you powerfully, all you should say is, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. That's the way you should look at yourself. Last point, you can't have faith if God's there and you're here. It's much easier for me to trust you, Dominic, if I know you. If Dominic says, I'm going to come, I'm going to treat you for a lack of steak at Fat Butcher, it's going to happen next week. Eh? Now I'm just teasing. <laughs> if Dominic comes to me and says, I'm going to treat you for a lack of steak at Fat Butcher, you know what? I know he'll do it because he's a man of his word. I know his character. He's reliable, faithful, trustworthy. And he really is. Get to know Christ. then it's easier to trust him. Pull close to him. It's easier to follow him. It's easier to hear his voice. Close your eyes, please. All right. Anyone here that has to repent for not having faith that has weakened, has not exercised, has not pursued their faith as they should have, stand up right now. And you and God, it's just a declaration of saying, God, I do not want to live a faithless life any longer. Here on out, I want to live a life filled with faith. And And you repent to God right now. It's between you and the Lord, and then we'll do a second altar call. Once you've repented, I'd like you to pray after me. Just raise your hands in a surrender posture. You decide what your surrender looks like. Jesus, I commit here on out to step out in faith, to tackle 2023, which has tough times ahead and good times. Every tough time, Lord, I see as an opportunity to exercise my faith. I give you my heart, my mind, my all in all. I will have faith. I will put my faith out in you. I will trust you for the impossible. Please remind me, Holy Spirit, of this commitment in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Yeah, just as you're standing, you can st- keep standing. Just a, just the a last prayer that I'd love to pray. It's, um, it's a privilege when we get together that we also get to extend an invite to anyone who does not know Jesus. And I just want to quickly end uh, what I take from Max's message. You know, you said praying for, for things that take faith. I remember praying for a dead person once. And, um, and it didn't happen, but we went out in faith. We, there was an accident and we prayed. And you know what we need? I think this is such a key message because what can happen is we can pull back and say, ah, you know what, it didn't happen that time. But I believe this is a message to say when you go into this year, even if you've been disappointed in the past, keep knocking on God's door, keep asking Him, keep trusting Him because we will see Him coming through in our lives and in the lives of the people around us as we knock. But you know What? You can't come and do those things if you don't firstly come in faith and say, Jesus, come and save me. If you don't firstly turn away from the world and in faith turn to Jesus and say, God, I need to be forgiven. That's the start. We live by faith, but we start by faith as well. The Bible says God is the author, meaning he starts this thing in faith and the perfecter of our faith, meaning it, it starts there in faith and it carries on in faith, actually. And so just a quick scripture, and then I'm going to ask us to close our e- heads, I won't close our heads. <laughs> don't close your head, close our eyes again, just the last time before we end. It says, for it is by grace that you have been saved. If you're standing here tonight and you do not know Jesus, you listen to this message and you say, I want that life, but I've never given my life to him, I've never surrendered to him, I'm living for myself. It says by grace, it's a free gift that you can have tonight to be saved. And it says, this comes through faith meaning I don't do anything for it tonight. All I need to do is in faith reach out to God and say, God, I believe. I believe that you can save me. I believe that you can give me new life. And this is not from yourselves. that is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's a free gift that God wants to give you tonight. All you need is say, Lord, I've got a little faith like a mustard seed. I've been sinning. I've been doing my own thing. Lord, I want to repent because I want eternal life. I want to know you. So can we close our eyes? We had such beautiful moments tonight, remembering Jesus on the cross. And you know what? When he died on the cross, he died for this moment. He died so that anyone here who does not know him and who wants to come to know him can have free access to him. And all he needs is your faith. You know, I I say a lot, a hand in the air tonight does not do anything. It's a heart in the air that does something. It's if you put your faith out there to God and say, God, please come and save me. I need you. So if you're standing here tonight with all the eyes closed or sitting, with all the eyes closed, if you wanna reach out to God, if you know that you need forgiveness, if you want him to come and save you, he's pulling at your heart right now. You might be experiencing something even. That's him tugging at your heart. Now I ask you to take a bold step and say, Jesus, come and forgive me. So with all the eyes closed, if that's you, if you wanna reach out and be forgiven by Jesus tonight, I wanna to pray for you. Can I ask you to raise your hand so that I can see? who I'm praying for, just where you are, that you can raise your hand, thank you. One of the girls can just go pray there in the middle, for us there, yes, and over here, and over here. It's maybe also for people who feel like they've fallen away and they wanna recommit to God. One of the guys. Anyone else? Anyone else? You don't have to be shy, this is a, it's, a, it's a beautiful moment. Why don't we pray? Henry, anyway, can you come pray for us? And then we're going to end.
2: Now, Father, I thank you for, for Jesus. And Jesus, I thank you for your willingness and said, I will, I will die on that cross so that um, we that are weak um, don't need to do that. And now, Jesus, I thank you for those words that said, It is finished meaning that no longer do we need to, in a sense, bring, bring our, or in a sense, work our way up to God anymore, but from now on, we can look back and say, it is finished, that Jesus has done it all, and we can just cling on to Him, um, the author of our faith, the one that we follow, the one that we abide in, the one that we love and adore. So Father, I do trust for each individual, and even for all of us, Father, that you would come and extend, um, by grace, faith into our hearts, Lord. Lord, we, we want to say, uh, through Jesus, we are excited for this year. Lord, that we want to we wanna put a smile on your face as we follow you, as we abide in you, as we seek Jesus, Lord. And Father, I trust for each individual that feel like, oh, Lord, I've sinned, I've turned, I've, I've somewhere in their hearts feel like I've let, them, I've let you down. Lord, I thank you that you say you're forgiven. You are loved much. You are forgiven much go sin no more so jesus i trust just for your hand of grace on them that they will feel your warmth on them in this moment holy spirit would you come and um, minister to them now and i trust um, that those around you would pray with you and yeah just trust for repentance and coming back to jesus and yeah let us not only with our words but with our actions live for christ this year amen